0: What I did at Chopu was considered at the time impossible. I rode a wave there into a wave that was considered unrideable. And even still to this day, when people are towed in, it's still not a guarantee that you can make it. It was a little bit like you had a dream since you were a child about this thing that you never saw. But you, Mm -hmm. you just intuitively felt existed you never saw it you never experienced it then all of a sudden you you know are 34 years old you saw it and experienced it
1: Hey guys, welcome to the High Performance Tips. Today we're chatting with Laird Hamilton, who's one of the world's most iconic figures in surfing history. And on the podcast today, we talk about an absolutely fascinating story of Laird riding Chopu, which is also called the Millennial Wave or the Impossible Wave. The significance of Laird readiness this wave is equivalent to the first person that ran the four-minute mile. Nobody thought it could be done. Doctors and professionals suggested against it, but when somebody ran four minutes for the first time in history, all of a sudden the next year, 25 or so, people did the exact same thing. And this wave was, the way that Laird wrote it was considered impossible, 100% impossible. It wasn't conceivable to the human mind to survive riding a wave like that. If you guys ever get the chance to watch that on video, part of Laird's documentary, they show the tension and the challenges Laird was going through in his life leading up to surfing Chopu, the experience of surfing Chopu, and then afterwards. I think there's um, some short YouTube clips out there, but I think I first saw this like in 2008 when he uh, the YouTube videos or the documentary on Laird surfing Chopu and I was just absolutely fascinated by it because as he mentioned, it's kind of like the four minute mile, you know, after he did it, quite a few people started to do it, but still a a daunting, daunting, big, big challenge. And what really struck with me is he said in the interview, intuitively, knowing that there's something out there you need to do, but not knowing exactly what it is. So thus, according to your mindset and according to your paradigm, it is actually doing the impossible. And his quote was, that's 35 years of believing in something that you'd never seen, thinking you were going to do it, but not knowing how you were going to do it because you've never seen it. And then I was able to both see it and do it. Which I think is a fascinating experience and something that definitely resonates with me because I have many goals in my life that, you know, I almost feel like there are things that I know that I need to do. Like there's a big thing out there that I know that I need to do and I don't know exactly what that thing is, but I know that I need to do it and I'm going to do it eventually (laughs) whenever it comes across my plate. And I don't I think maybe this can happen in micro levels for many people too. So for example, I went to grad school. That was a big thing. After grad school, I was actually just shocked that somebody that had a 2.8 GPA a sophomore year in high school made it through grad school. And then maybe marriage is a big benchmark for a lot of people like this. Maybe having children, maybe starting your first business, maybe selling your first business, whatever it is, maybe writing a big uh, a giant wave. Whatever it is, I think we have these these big ones and then small ones, small little intuitive thoughts and goals that are really resonating inside of us that I think that are very important and, and essential for us. And so it's almost like a you might be able to describe it as like a spiritual intuitive thing that we, we know that we need to do this thing. We just don't know exactly what it is. And we keep working towards and moving forward towards that thing until we hit that thing. And then boom, everything seems to change after that. So like grad school was that for for me, for those that don't know, I've been traveling the world nine years, living abroad and remotely while building business online that was definitely a thing for me. Coming across the book, the four-hour work week leading up to that travel and location independence and remote business, that was a thing for me. And so I still feel like there's, there's other things like Laird was talking about that are out there um, that are still like real juicy and, and just waiting until they come across my path or I find them in, in my journey and to take myself to the next level. And later, you guys will see Laird talks about how the world started taking him seriously after Chopu. That moment actually revolutionized the sport of big wave surfing. And it is what it is today because of Laird surfing Chopu. All right, let's hop into it with Laird Hamilton. I gotta ask you about Chopu and yeah. your experience yeah. in Chopu. So, for the listeners, Chopu is uh, one of the hardest big waves off the coast of Hawaii that yeah. uh, you were well, the first Tahiti. to surf. Tahiti, Tahiti, Yeah, Tahiti. yeah, yeah. You were the f- you were the first to surf it, correct? Is that
0: well? I rode. I wasn't the first to surf it. I was the first one to do what was considered the impossible at the at the time. You know, I describe it a little bit like the seven minute. I mean, the four-minute mile, like the guy that broke the four-minute mile, once he broke that four-minute mile, then the next year, 27 guys broke the four-minute mile because it was proven to be possible. My what I did at Chopu if in 2000, August of 2000, was considered at the time impossible. I rode a wave there with a technique that I developed called towing, where we were able to tow ourselves on into a wave that was considered unrideable and even- when you're towed in, it doesn't mean that you can actually make it because of the what it takes to actually ride the wave itself. And still to this day, when people are towed in, you know, we're talking 20 years later, it's still not a guarantee that you can make it. And it was it was a very emotional day for myself because it, it was a little bit like you had a dream you're, since you were a child about this thing that you never saw. But you, mm-hmm. you just intuitively felt existed. You never saw it. You never, you never uh, experienced it, and then, then all of a sudden, you, you know, are thirty four years old. You saw it and experienced it, and right. and so at that point, uh, that was a h- emotional thing because that's that's thirty five years of believing in something that you had never seen, thinking you were going to do, but not knowing how you were going to do it, uh, especially that you never because you'd never seen it, and then I was able to do both, see it and do it. You know, in our our little world of of surfing, that was a monumental accomplishment because it was because we were able to do the undoable at the time, and it was a very defined one. We had been doing some pretty incredible things, my friends and I, in the years before, but it wasn't as defined, and we weren't getting taken seriously because it wasn't so defined. We were we were kind of in the shadows doing the stuff and. And so it was a little bit deniable. This particular uh, achievement was undeniable, um, and yeah. there was no way to, for any naysayers to disclaim it. It had kind of just it silenced all of the all of the scrutiny that was going on uh, up until that point. But that was a uh, and a very emotional day and a, and a very emotional experience. And I, it definitely helped help me with a continual. Continuing my drive, it was one of those things where sometimes if you're just patient enough to wait, that you don't know when it's going to come, and you'll get something that you need to help you go on yeah. and to ke- and to keep pushing you. But well, a lot of it's about you know waiting. I'm not very good at that, and uh, I don't think humans are very good. We're not very patient. We want <laughs> you know we want we want Amazon to deliver that stuff you know yesterday. Exactly. Why isn't it here already? I just ordered it now. Uh, so, but. But, uh, but it's a waiting man's game, you know, those things are a waiting man's game. And, you know, I think maybe that's probably why I'm not very patient in the rest of my, in, in the rest of my <laughs> life, because I use it all up waiting for, that's you know, certain. these, these, well, these unique days, these special, these special right. moments. I mean, these, these waves and these storms that create these waves and they they could be once in a lifetime and there's not anything you can do about it. And, you know, all the desire in the world doesn't, you know, make a, a a precious gem, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so
1: when did you know that Chopu was that thing? Uh, was it before you got the wave or was it after you wrote it coming out of it in the tube? Um, yeah, I
0: felt it after I finished. I mean, before okay. I, well, before going into it was the, still the unknown. It was, uh, it was, I was going into the unknown when I finished it. It was, I was coming out of the unknown into the known. Yeah. So uh I think when I crossed from the unknown to the known, then I was able to be like, yeah, I could feel it. My I could I could feel, you know, in my system, I I yeah. I could I could sense the what my body had experienced.
1: All right. There it is. An inside experience of surfing the impossible wave with Laird Hamilton. So the premise, the thing that I want you guys to take out of this is what is your chopu? And like Laird said, you may not have ever even seen or heard of that thing, you just know that thing is there. So what are you going to do to keep driving towards it so you know that you're going in the right direction so eventually, one day, you'll surf your own Jopu. If you like what you're hearing and want to make sure you don't miss any of these tips, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. We'll see you on the next episode.